nerds and nerdettes. Junior ambassadors, boys and girls of all ages. We're nerds, and uh, we're pretty proud of it. You're entering the Nerd United Nations podcast. Never apologize for being nerdy. All things geek are up for grabs. Because unnerdy people never apologize for being assholes. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Hello, Junior Ambassadors, nerds and nerdettes of all ages, and welcome to another Nostalgia War episode of the Nerd United Nations podcast. A very special Nostalgia War. This is a two-part Nostalgia War. But, um, I am your co-host from the Midwest United States, Jared Boots. And with me, as always, is Melissa Nicholson. Melissa, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Very, like I said in the, in the beginning there, a very special Nostalgia War tonight. Absolutely, yeah. And this was actually uh, your idea. This came inspired from uh, from the book Faces. Uh, Do you see this in the real fans group, or somebody posted it on somebody's Facebook, or so what, uh, see? Since, since this is since this is your idea, why don't you kind of explain what we're doing tonight for Nostalgia Wars? <laughs> oh, basically, it was from Twitter, and um it was basically it had, it was one of those postings that had come up because um friends um it was it was like oh your friends follow this person and so a post of theirs had come up and it was uh brendan Lowe, and he had done this post about uh top 10 movies of childhood and he had he was thinking about this and um, so he created this this list basically from the year he was born to the age of 12. And it was basically this idea of movies that, um, in sort of between those years, like that made an impact on him, um, kind of influenced him in some way or, or just, yeah, like kind of, and that he watched a lot as a kid. And so, yeah, he made this top 10 list, and I thought that was kind of an interesting idea. So um, I thought, well, maybe not so much do, like, a top 10 again, like a ranking list, but kind of have movies um, either sort of in between those years or outside of it that you, you know, you watched as a kid that were maybe before, you know, your time, or however you wanted to do it. And just have a list of of ten films that you know you watched a lot as a kid that influenced you in some way, and that you still watch now. So that was kind of my idea. Well, I was all for it. I, I would say a good thing we didn't really necessarily rank these because this probably would have been like one of the hardest top tens we've ever done. Oh, oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> I I couldn't have ranked any of the ones that I've that I had picked um I mean I even have a few kind of honorable mentions but yeah I, I couldn't have ranked any of them I, <laughs> that would have been just too much of a challenge 
Um, it was definitely probably one of the hardest lists I've ever worked on because it, I, it's it's difficult to decipher between films I watched a lot as a kid or films that had an impact on me because I, I think there was a difference there. Because mm-hmm. you, you could have watched, for example, let's just say you watched Hercules a shit ton as a kid. doesn't mean it had that much of an impact on you. you know? Yeah. And just think a movie that you, uh, you know, really enjoyed. So, Melissa, uh, we decided to make this a two-part episode. And since it was your idea, this episode's all about you. So, I say, let's get after it. <laughs> all right. So, uh, basically, the first, uh, my first movie that I picked, um, because now this one was obviously an earlier one that I watched later, but anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's still within the the time period though, so we're all good. Um, is the Nightmare Before Christmas? Great film. Mm-hmm. I think I watched that probably about ninety four. Like I heard, I don't remember seeing it in theaters, but I see it probably about ninety four when it finally came out on video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I obviously. You know, being born '92, obviously I didn't see this in '93, but um, I think I saw it kind of uh, somewhere around probably like 2004, 2005, maybe is when I saw it. Because um, I remember seeing it in elementary school. It's probably like a, you know, Friday afternoon kind of whatever thing that we I, I saw it and i absolutely loved it and i, I mean i still do you know i, I it's just such a, a fun um fun movie so you probably caught it right when the popularity was starting to take off from it uh, maybe kind of the the starting of that taking off again like or that taking off, like in, well, maybe you know. I, maybe closer to like two thousand eight is probably when it really started shooting up in popularity again. Yeah, I think so because I think it was still sort of something that you know it, it was an like an enjoyed movie, but it wasn't something that was so much popular. But yeah, I remember yeah somewhere around there where it really became a thing, and you know it was a popular movie again. Well, full disclosure, this is my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> but ironically, I don't I don't remember watching it a bunch as a kid, though. That's the thing. Because mm. this was back, back in a time when going to the movies or renting a movie was a treat back then. Things like things we kind of take for granted nowadays when we're adults and have our own money, you know. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, when I, when I was making this list and I was thinking about this, that there wasn't a lot in this list that I, um, well, the, the few, it's kind of a balance between a few that like I saw basically on, on VHS and then the couple I saw in the theater. And that was like later on, you know, so, and I mean, I got a lot of the movies I saw, like I love, and you know, the Disney movies and all those things like that, I saw 
you know, I, I got them from the library. You know, I was always getting movies from the, the library and stuff. So that's where I got mine. And then occasionally would be, you know, renting a movie or, or whatever, but mostly kind of the newer ones. Um, that's kind of how I, I saw a lot of my movies. And ready to feel old. This movie turns 30 next year. I know. When I was making my list, like, because I wanted to, you know, have a list of, like, from, you know, 92 to 2006 and kind of break down the movies that, you know, I saw a lot. And I realized that I'm the same age as Aladdin and that we're both going to be turning 30 this year. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. shit. Well, they also started working on this movie over 30 years ago. I want to say they started like tail end of 89, beginning of 1990. They started working on Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. But, but yeah, that's my, um, yeah, that's my first one. That I, I absolutely, it was one that I, I loved from the start. Um, and, that, and that wasn't so much, you know, it's funny, like it's definitely a musical and I wasn't so much really into, you know, musicals and things like that. But this one, I just, I, I absolutely loved. And I loved how different it was and quirky and, um, you know, good balance of kind of the dark and light stuff. And, yeah, and it's just been a, you know, movie I've loved for years and will always love. <laughs> It's a. Yeah. Uh, you started off almost like Craigie coming out with uh, <laughs> So, uh, what is your next film? My next one is The Lion King. Disney Renaissance. So you were born like right in the heyday of it too. Pretty much, yeah. Which I didn't like. I didn't even know there there was like the different like I don't know what to like the Renaissance of Disney Eras. whatever era. That's it. That's what I was looking for. Um, I, I didn't know there was eras of Disney. Like I I had no idea until probably like I don't know last year, <laughs> something like that. Like very recently, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But to yeah. be fair, I probably I probably had no idea that they kind of ranked those really there or they broke them down into eras probably since maybe around the time that uh Andy started disorder. Mm. And maybe I just forgot about it, but yeah, they never but until then it's always most mostly just trying to the biggest thing for me was trying to classify between Pixar and Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I definitely, I mean, yes, like the, obviously, you know, this one's very much a Disney movie, um, but I, I'm very much more Pixar. I, I like Pixar over like, I know they're, they're basically, you know, Disney Pixar or whatever, but I'm, I'm definitely more about Pixar films, but, Anyway, this one, The Lion King, I absolutely just love. Um, 
it it kind of gets a little bit of um a, a little bit of hate uh because oh it's you know he goes through you know the simba goes through a traumatic experience and then it's like oh hakuna matata and oh just don't give a fuck about it anymore kind of thing and it, it's like okay really like i'm i'm <laughs> curious as to where you, you heard this get this film gets hate because this is really beloved yeah because I, 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 I i'm personally not a huge fan of the renaissance era mm-hmm. um I did watch a lot of those films, but um, I'm more of a Bronze Age kind of guy. Um, but uh, I'm I, usually if I hear about any hate towards The Lion King, it's for the live action remake that came out a few years ago. I I haven't heard much hatred for Lion King. Yeah, there was um, like I've seen a couple postings sort of here and there, kind of really random, of just because of that, because of you know the traumatic experience and then it's like oh how it's kind of interpreted the way of well okay you shouldn't give a fuck about it anymore or whatever and it's they kind of have a thing about it whatever and i I feel like i I feel like i can wipe that out that one comment out in two quick statements yeah uh one one they're just comment they're only saying it's bad because it's so beloved, it's, so they're they're wanna be rebels for one. Yeah. And two, it's more of a tale of Simba realizing he cannot run away from his problems. Yeah. So he's not really saying fuck it. It's the point of it is not fuck it, forget about it. It's more you can't run away from your problems. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah, I, I don't know, but anyway, I I, you know, um, yeah, I absolutely obviously this came out in '94, so again, I I mean I didn't see my first movie uh, until 1998, and I also saw it in a movie theater, so it was a first time on both counts. <laughs> so a lot of these are sort of before. Like I was, I was, I existed, but I didn't see these films. Um, but when I did, it was ones that I watched a lot. And this one I watched quite a lot. And I actually still have the VHS of. Um, I had gotten rid of a couple VHS films that I, I had, whatever, because, well, I don't have a VCR anymore. But I kept The Lion King because just, I don't know, it's just special to me. Um, because I think I just, I watched it so much and I really loved it. And I even had like a Simba stuffy, which was my absolute favorite stuffy in the world. And so, yeah, it, it just, it was really special to me. So yeah, I've, I've actually kept the VHS <laughs> yeah. um, because it just, it, you know, it really meant a lot. So, um, well, if, and I, well, if you read our, if you read our friend Michael's book, you couldn't get away from this movie in 1994. I still have I, I embarrassingly I haven't gotten this book yet. I need to still do that because I would love absolutely love to read it. I've read it, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brownie points for me. I'm a fat guy who loves brownies. 
<laughs> Lion King's a good pick. Like, yeah. So you were born right in the middle of the heyday of the Renaissance, and I was. Mm, I was about five when the Renaissance started with Little Mermaid. Mm. Um, I think it's done, and it ended right on time. I was going into high school, but uh, yeah, it's not like. I guess it's just that I'm not a heat. It's not that I'm not a fan of the of the Renaissance. I did enjoy a lot of those movies as a kid, but I just I guess I'm not as nostalgic for them as I am for like ones that came before it, like Robin Hood or Great Mouse Detective or Hundred One Dalmatians or Pinocchio or Dumbo. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna drag you down for picking that one. That's a good choice. Yeah, I. I mean, I. There's, you know, so many, you know, Disney movies that probably I haven't. I mean, I've seen uh, quite a few of them, but I don't think I've seen. I mean, even if I think about it, like make a list of all the Disney movies I've seen, I probably there. It's probably a small fraction of, you know, from kind of each era. Um, but I remember like this one, like the Lion King really, you know, sticking out to me and being a, an absolute favorite. Like I even, I so like went so far as to have like little audio clips on mixtapes. <laughs> I have like my dad, he would put like, take a, a clip from a movie and put it onto a mixtape and it would just kind of be in like, kind of start before a song and it would sort of fit with the song. And <laughs> there would be like Lion King and like all different kinds of movie clips in between songs on a mixtape. And so, yeah, I definitely had had that one. Like um, the one thing where, you know, what do you want me to do? Dress and drag and do the hula? And <laughs> then it would go into something. <laughs> and, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I definitely love the movie too. <laughs> so. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, what was another shape of childhood? Another one was Toy Story. Um, that one. You gonna say something? <laughs> I just said nice. That's all. <laughs> I I think it kind of coughed from it, so I was like, well, I don't know what you just said. <laughs> um, yeah. Twice, all, twice. All, all I said was nice. <laughs> yeah, Toy Story was. Um, I think like my. Uh, third movie i saw um after um yeah because a quest for camelot was my first movie that i saw and then it was uh toy story and again like i i i loved it i love the humor in it um you know i i love the you know all the the character the the idea of like toys coming to life when you know the the owner of the toys aren't in the room and them having their own adventures and and you know kind of getting up to mischief a little bit 
um and you know i i absolutely love it like just um you know the the whole story and everything and um characters and that, like i mean i still have um uh woody and and buzz lightyear dolls so <laughs> so i i absolutely i love it i like the like i said like i like the humor in it and i still quote it i mean i you know i still watch it to this day um but yeah i still you know i quote it and i even recently um i had found uh, a hockey puck in a car i was cleaning and so i painted it to look like the the hockey puck in the movie and where mr potato has like saying what are you looking at you hockey puck and it's got the the red uh hockey sticks <laughs> on it and the arms and whatever and so i was like i knew immediately what i needed to do with it so i took i taken it and i painted the the red hockey sticks on it and I would love to add like arms and shoes to it, but I don't know how to go about that. But it's a start anyway. <laughs> so I was 11 years old when Toy Story came out. And apart from being awestruck at seeing an all computer animated movie, one of the few things that will always stick with me until the day I die is that hockey puck's reaction to Mr. Potato Head? Because that's like one of the funniest fucking things in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it's so it's so random. <laughs> it's so goddamn funny. Yeah. <laughs> um. Has part of you ever wanted to see the alternate version where Woody is a jerk the whole time? You know, I've never thought about that. But yeah. I would I would want to see it. Because it, it, it's widely known that there was a version, the first draft of the script, Woody was a jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be, it would be interesting to to see that, <laughs> and I feel like it would just be even more of like the toys sort of, you know, like going against him and, you know, probably figuring out how to get rid of him because they didn't like him. <laughs> well, it, it's it, it's almost script writing one hundred and one if. If your main character is a jerk, you're not going to feel bad for him when something bad happens to him. It's um, Justin Long said the same thing to Kevin Smith during Tusk. That um, Kevin Smith's original draft of Tusk had Justin Long's character openly cheating on his girlfriend. That was the topic of his podcast where he went to other places and banged other chicks and shit. And Justin Long said to Kevin Smith, he goes, well, if I'm openly cheating on my girlfriend, the the audience isn't going to care about me when I get turned into a walrus, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like in, in these cheesy slasher movies we love so much. When you make a character so shitty, we do not give a shit when they die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you almost like when it, when it happens, like you just, you celebrate like, yes. <laughs> yeah. The only thing, Really age well with some of this. This still looks really good. 
but when you compare it to some of the newer ones mm-hmm. you could tell it, it shows it only shows its age when you compare it to like toy story 2 or 3 yeah. honestly otherwise it still looks good for being a uh there's 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 computer animated movies from a few years ago that don't even look as now as toy story does look now mm-hmm. almost what 27 years later yeah it's absolutely incredible like it just what what they did and and yeah it it definitely i mean i I watched it very recently because it was like yeah it's some kind of you know just fun don't really have to think about too much kind of movie and and um and it really it does it, it still looks so good but it does look you know there, there's a few things that yeah it's it's a bit aged but you know it does it definitely doesn't you know, it doesn't take you away from the movie. Like you can still enjoy it. So, and and like I know, I I watched it a lot as a kid. And and Toy Story only ends at three. There's no four. <laughs> I mean, I have. I never finished four. I I watched four. It was cute, but it, it's one, two, and three. It because three just ends everything so well. So that's that's why it kind of ends at three. I don't hate four, but it's just, eh, it's cute. It's whatever. It is what it is. But it's one, two, and three for me. Like that's it. Like it ends there. <laughs> but three hit three had a three hit a perfect bookend. Absolutely. It's it's what the story definitely needed. Like it, you have your beginning, your middle, and then you're you're finally, you know, you're you're ending, and it just definitely ended very well but yeah toy story was a big one for for me definitely and and i think that's you know sort of started my my kind of love of pixar too um even at wall i mean a bug's life was my uh like the first one that i saw and then it was toy story but they you know they both you know they they had that you know, I had that love of Pixar since, you know, since I saw those ones and it just, you know, I, I actually prefer them like over like the other sort of Disney films, like, you know, like your, for example, like your Lion King, which I still like, I love Lion King, obviously don't get me wrong, but I'm, I'm definitely leaned heavily on, on Pixar. Um, I kind of you know, realized so, but yeah, Toy Story, yeah. Uh, definitely a huge highlight of my my childhood. <laughs> nice. Uh, what you got next? Uh, I've got uh, Muppets from Space. This is one I didn't watch them like much later. Yeah. This one I. Uh, I think you gave. I think you gave me an idea for my list though. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, this one I had seen, um, but because I got it from, I think it was it on, probably on VHS or something. It was I definitely I got it from the library, and because that's where I would get a lot of my movies from was the the public library, and um, so this was one of them, and. 
I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I was kind of slowly getting introduced to the Muppets and and things at the time and like, you know, the Muppet show and all that stuff. And then I saw this one and just, I, I had so much fun with it. And, and you know, you kind of watch it now and it's really kind of cheesy, but it's still fun. And I mean, I kind of have a bit of nostalgia for it just because I did watch it quite a few times as a kid and always enjoyed it, you know, every time. I was always, you know, borrowing it from the library and, and watching it and everything and just such a fun, um, you know, fun, feel-good film. And I mean, you can't go wrong with the Muppets ever. So <laughs> if you have them, it's always going to be a fun time. <laughs> This one I probably know the least next to Muppets Most Wanted because I haven't seen Muppets Most Wanted, but I do own Muppets from Space, but I know it the least out of most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started watching this old me YouTube channel, um, Disney Dan, and he'll do rankings of, or not rankings, but evolutions of costume characters and he's been doing some of the Muppets and he just did one with Gonzo not that long ago. And um, he talked about how Muppets from Space is really well revered in the Muppet movie uh, franchise. Mm. Even Dave Gels, who does the voice of Gonzo and worked the puppet for Dave, Dave Gels doesn't like uh, Gonzo being an alien. Mm. I do remember one of my favorite things in this film, though, is uh, when Gonzo says that the uh, Electric Mayhem is going to fill in for him at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> that seems to be the only thing I remember from this film, actually. Yeah. Of course, knowing me, it's a Electric Mayhem, so. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so was this your first true introduction to the Muppets? Yeah. I think so, this actually. Was, was what, 90, 96? No, doesn't sound uh, right. I, I, have, like, I know this was late 90s. Um... I have written down as uh, 99. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So Muppets Tonight was out about this time. Yeah. I I think this was my, my first introduction to it because um, it wasn't really long after that that I got introduced to, you know, the Muppet show and because and, we had... Um, Actually, what was when they had like DVD sets of the show out? Um, we actually had bought uh, DVD sets of it, so I that's how I watched um, or got introduced to the Muppet Show. So it was kind of later, very later on that I I watched that. So Muppet Show's a fun time. I need to do, I need to do a binge watch of that sometime soon. Um. This being your first rank, uh, does this rank number one amongst all the Muppet films for you, too? 
Well, I haven't. Well, to be honest, I haven't seen all the Muppet movies. I think more the more recent ones. I think I don't know. Uh, so I would I would probably say so because it just it, it was my first introduction to the Muppets, and it would have that nostalgia. So I think yeah, this one would be if I if I had to rank them, it would this one would be a number one. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I want to say there's eight Muppet movies. So it goes the Muppet movie. Mm-hmm. And you have the Great Muppet Caper. You have Muppets Take Manhattan. You have um, like chronologically next, it's Muppet Christmas Carol. Muppets Treasure Island. Um, Wizard of Oz. Well, if you count Letters to Santa, there's that one too. Then you have Muppets from Space, the Muppets, Muppets Most Wanted. So that's what, 10? Fuck, this is all off in chronological order, too. God, I'm a loser. Well, I basically, I just, <laughs> you are not. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now, so just stop it. <laughs> I've seen, out of out of the, the things, I've seen the Muppet movie, the Muppets Take Manhattan, uh, Muppets from Space, and Muppet Treasure Island. I don't know, do you count Kermit the Swamp Ears in there, too? I I'll safely say I've never heard of that one. Yeah, that was a uh, mid to early two thousands one. Mm, no idea, but yeah, those are the ones that I I have seen of films. Definitely haven't seen all of them. I remember really loving uh, uh, Muppet Treasure Island, though. That was a, a favorite of mine for a while. It's got Tim Curry and how do you go wrong? Exactly. I was probably my like yeah, Muppet Treasure Island was first introduction to Tim Curry and then Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna say Home Alone Two is probably my first introduction to Tim Curry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Muppets from Space is uh, is definitely it's just so much fun and and heartwarming and um, you know you got all the you know the kooky cast of characters and humor and everything and it's just it was it was a favorite for you know like I said like for a while so um, and yeah always anytime I could. I could get it from the public library, I would, and I'd watch it over and over again. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Muppet fanatic. I need to rewatch this one again. I still haven't watched the Haunted Mansion special from last year that they did. <laughs> need to yeah. get around to that. <laughs> yeah. I had, I had started a rewatch of, um, because they've got all the, the 
The Muppet Show on Disney Plus, and I had started a rewatch of that because I've watched, um, I basically watched most of them, and so kind of watching it again and just remembering, I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> but I, I kind of stopped. I can't remember exactly where I had stopped, but I gotta get back to doing that again because it's just so such a fun show. Yeah, I have the first season on DVD, and I fucking love it. I I really wish. Uh... I need to find the other ones on DVD. I know that I know they're on Disney Plus, but I prefer to own them all. Yeah, I mean, like it's I. It's a fun time. Absolutely, yeah. I I used to to own them, but now I I don't because of many many reasons. So I just you know I watch from Disney Plus, but I I would like to own this the seasons again. More so because I just finished an autobiography on Jim Henson not that long ago, too. So mm-hmm. makes me want to dive into all Muppet stuff again. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what is another? What's the next film that shaped your childhood? Uh, the next one was Chicken Run. And this one was kind of a like a, definitely my first introduction to um Ardman films because they they obviously they did this one and it's what kind of introduced me to you know claymation and um things like that and um and then also to then like pole vaulted from there to like you know Wallace and Gromit and um you know all those ones and, and really loving all the films that they did. But yeah, this one was a, um, I, I absolutely loved, um, just, you know, story, humor, all that kind of thing. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I remember really, really loving it. And I think I, I feel like I saw it in the movie theater. Um, this was one that I had seen. Yeah, I would just feel. Yeah, I would see it in movie theater, and then I would like I, I had rented it, and I got it from the library like a whole bunch of times, and and just yeah, and absolutely enjoyed this one. I don't know if this is an Ardman project I've seen. Uh, so I I know it being heavily advertised because Mel Gibson's in it, isn't he? Yes, he is. I know I, I do recognize it from being from the same studio as Wallace and Gromit. So like, cause the chickens look very much like Wallace. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wallace with beaks, essentially. Yes. It's kind of uh, very much their own style and kind of, yeah, characters look the same. <laughs> I want to say probably my first introduction to Ardman was probably the commercials they used to do, like the talking animals and stuff, or the the cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a great documentary. It was on Netflix. Have you seen it on Ardman? Yes. Yes. I did watch that one. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Really interesting how they, they you know, grew. And, and they even, like, you know, they, they went, you know, so far, and I think, it, I feel like it was in the, the documentary, I can't remember, but that, like, Wallace and Gromit basically saved um, a cheesemaker because <laughs> they were, they were going, like, bankruptcy, everything, like, they were not doing well, and 
when uh Wensleydale cheese being Wallace's favorite became a thing it was popular because Wallace and Gromit became very popular and you know of course fans they want to have that cheese right so basically the fans like saved the the company and they've been doing well ever since oh <laughs> well, until, until the fire yeah um i try, I try to remember I, I remember seeing a bunch of trailers for chicken run and uh, i do remember apart from mel gibson being in it i do remember the one line i don't want to be put in a pie i don't like gravy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like gravy. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Tweedy's chicken pies. <laughs> I just I, I love the, the the story of it, like the chickens wanting to to get out of their situation and you know, figuring out how to get out of it and you know basically going the lengths that they did to do it and and you know that they end up successful in it but yeah it's just so much fun this is one i'll have to definitely go back and try to find somewhere and watch it like like not that i wasn't a i did like wallace and gromit when i did see it you know but I wasn't like a, as a huge of a fan of Ardman as it was, say, like a Disney or a Nickelodeon or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think like for me, like I didn't really have like Disney Channel wasn't a thing up here. Um, you know, I, I didn't really didn't have cable for a really long time. Kind of did for a brief period. And then that was sort of and then it didn't again and so you know a lot of these films like i i've you know like i got from the library or whatever like kind of how i introduced myself to a lot of these films and yeah chicken run being one that i happened to i don't know i saw commercials for or something whatever it was and wanted to see it and saw it and you know loved it and then kind of you know, went down the rabbit hole of, oh, what other things have they done? And, you know, got introduced to Wallace and Gromit, and which, you know, I absolutely love as well. And so I, I like anything that they've they've done, um, especially recently, like with Shaun the Sheep and um, all that stuff. It's just, oh, my goodness, so much fun. So they had that Pirates movie, and then they had uh, Flushed Away. Yeah. Oh, that was another one I really loved. I still do. The Pirates movie and um, and Flushed Away. I remember, I remember getting heavily advertised in theaters and stuff when I was like oh, in yeah. high school or college. Hmm. What is the next one? Uh, my next one is uh, Monsters, Inc. This one... Um, I can't for the life of me remember. I feel like I may have seen it in the movie theater, but I don't remember it either like movie theater or on a, a HS or DVD or something. However, I saw it, I can't remember. But, um, you know, one that I, you know, 
love from the start because it's just it's you know so good and always I, I got pretty good at at um doing an, an impression of Roz you know that always watching like I got pretty damn good at I think I can't do it now but <laughs> I got really good at doing an impression of her and I would sometimes just you know any any moment I could I would like quote her line and and you know even the you know the the that one and then like you know put that thing back where it came from we're so healthy <laughs> but yeah it was it was one that I was always you know quoting or whatever and and just loving the every minute of because I it's so good <laughs> I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to get Mikey with a Mikey where's your paperwork <laughs> I have, to, I have to get him with one of those one of these days. <laughs> Where's yeah. your paperwork? <laughs> you didn't find <file> paperwork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one came out when I was a little bit older, so probably about high school time. This, this is what late 90s early 2000s early 2000s it was uh 2001 i was already in high school and this one came out damn i'm old yeah you are <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm elementary yeah. school i could put more than one decade behind the fact that I was in high school. Yeah, <laughs> uh, more often because having two siblings that are about fifteen years younger than me, so they are about. Mm, my sister and brother were born ninety nine, two thousand one, so they're weird little kids when this film came out. So I probably watched this a lot with them. I'm sure, or at least once or twice. This or Cars or Incre- The Incredibles or something, but. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, this one, yeah, I definitely, um, you know, I yeah, like a, a lot of these movies. I definitely watched a lot and, and you know, love to the point of, you know, quoting it and, and you know, drawing the characters and, you know, doing <laughs> coding it doing impersonations um you know like i said drawing the characters and all that kind of stuff and you know and and to me there's only one monsters inc movie and that's this one monsters university eh, it, it was it, fun yeah it's it was fun like i it definitely not like a dislike or anything but i don't know monsters inc is just definitely the better one um, I mean, it's, it's, you know, sequels aren't always, you know, the best, but I mean, this one was fun. I enjoyed it enough, but it really wasn't one that was like, you know, it didn't hit as much as, as Monsters, Inc. did. So, yeah. Well, I love Monsters University because it has Dave Foley in it. <laughs> and Charlie Day. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that one. I think I've I've 
want to say maybe I watched it like a couple times, but not enough that I, I really remember much from it. Yeah. That's that a lot of these I haven't watched in years, so I feel like I can't really speak to them <laughs> as much as you can. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you could you could probably speak to the next one. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> if not, then I don't know. This episode's done. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> my next one is uh, School of Rock. Yeah, like I was also like, I was probably in college when this one came out, but yeah, I I, I did love this movie when it came out. I haven't seen it in a long time though. Mm. Yeah, it's it's kind of been a while for for me as well watching it, but um, it, it's just it's such a good, such a good movie. It's such great characters and everything, and and just you know how things play out is it's just so much fun. And um, I definitely I I related to like you know to. Um, Oh my goodness, Jack Black's character. Uh, oh my goodness, why am I blanking on his name? Anyway, his character, and when he's he's being the teacher and you know asking the kids like about bands and stuff like you know ACDC and and you know Motorhead and they're like, uh, and and then there's me watching the movie and I'm like, I know those bands. <laughs> I know them. I see the kid in the back with my hand up, like, "Yep, I know them." <laughs> hey, the, the, uh, I don't know why. I think it was about a week or two ago at work. I I do a lot of counting at work. <laughs> what randomly popped in my head today at work was uh, when he's uh, math is a really cool thing. <laughs> uh, no, it's nine. <laughs> That's right. I was testing you. It's nine. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's eight. (laughs) No, it's nine. (laughs) Six times a billion is (laughs) six billion. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) And I always remember the line too of uh I have a hangover. You know what that means? It means you're drunk. No, it means I was drunk yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean every time for me now, like anytime I hear Stevie Nicks Edge of Seventeen, I think of of uh <laughs> Principal Mullins, that was her name. But, you know, she's like, I love this song. And she's like, does it when they, oh, they go out for coffee because he wants to, you know, see if he can, you know, convince her that to go to the Battle of the Bands. That's <laughs> like, I always think of, I picture that whole scene when I hear that song. <laughs> I thought that went out for a beer. Yeah, they did. They went out yeah. for like quote unquote coffee, right? Yeah. And oh, do we have coffee? No. 
it's 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 been a long time since I've seen it, but yeah, yeah. I remember the one girl having the sandwich in her desk, and <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> yeah. I remember Sarah Silverman being a huge bitch in that movie. Oh, yeah, she was. Oh, absolutely. I, I never do remember loving the soundtrack, too, especially the songs they play together, the kids and Jack Black play together, like their cover of It's a Long Way to the Top by ACDC, and then uh, their School of Rock song. Yeah. I love I love the end of, of the thing where they, they kind of the through the credits are rolling and they kind of have that separate scene in the, his like school or whatever. And, uh, you know, that in their music class and they'll do a face melting drum solo and their face is melted off. <laughs> but yeah, I remember I bought the soundtrack and I absolutely, that got a lot of play. Like I love that soundtrack. Like that got a lot of like, that soundtrack got a lot of play to me too when I was in college. Just, just so good. Like I mean, you know, now, like I, I think that was like my two favorite soundtracks. I mean, like that one, and you know, much obviously more recently, like Guardians of the Galaxy, like being an amazing soundtrack. But yeah, that School of Rock soundtrack definitely had a ton of play. <laughs> <laughs> this may this may sound weird because keep in mind I was what twenty one when this movie came out. So around two thousand five, <laughs> two soundtracks that probably got the most play out of me were uh, this one and uh, Tim Burton's Willy Wonka the Chocolate Factory soundtrack. Because <laughs> just those fucking Oompa Loompa songs were fucking hilarious. <laughs> and and the Willy Wonka puppet song Willy Wonka. Ooh, Willy Wonka. Ooh. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> now, this is definitely one movie I need to go back and watch again. I have not seen School of Rock in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was one I, I watched, you know. Probably, you know, I've watched as much as I listened to the soundtrack. Like, it, it got a lot of play because it's just so good. And I even, you know, I really wanted to, uh, I, I kept trying to, I remember kept trying to recreate the chalkboard of that he did of, like, all the, the genres and, and the bands listed underneath. Like, I really wanted to recreate that just because I'm that much of a fucking dork. But I never, I, I had a chalkboard, but obviously it was not as big as that one, like a classroom size one. So I had this like little one and I kept trying to recreate it and I couldn't. And then, but yeah, that, that was me because I'm just that sad dork that, thinks, oh. yeah, I got to do this. Well, anyway, if you guys ever got your own place one day and you could have a wall big enough to get like a full size chalkboard if you get your hands on it. Or you can just, I think they have like special wallpaper or stuff. You just, yeah, it's like chalk, chalkboard wallpaper. You just make your own, mm-hmm. write it out, and then like put some sealant on it so it doesn't wash off, wipe mm-hmm. off, and then that'd be an ultimate decorated, an ultimate decoration. And then 
if people don't get it, they're not cool enough for you, bro. Exactly. <laughs> I would love to. I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, there's even, like, there's, there's chalkboard paint. There's the sticky chalkboard thing. So, yeah, I just need a, basically a big enough, like, expanse of a wall and then put that on there and do it. But, yeah. Well, wall space is definitely an enemy of nerdy collectors. Oh, is it ever? <laughs> wall space and shelf space. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it definitely is. But yeah, that's something that I, I really would love to do because I think it's just, you know, the coolest thing how just everything's like connected and, you know, how like it's almost like, you know, like one genre influenced another and they, you know, so yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> that's a, that, that definitely a movie i need to go back and rewatch again it's such a fun movie and that was like that's like a good stretch of films for jack black too yeah absolutely so at that time you also had the tenacious in the pick of destiny you had him in saving silverman you had shallow hal uh, uh a couple years after that, you have like Kung Fu Panda. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are good. Like, the 2000s were really good to Jack Black. Uh, he had with that Orange County in that time. That, um, he had a good stretch there in like the mid to early 2000s of like good hits. Absolutely, he did. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, this one's definitely like. I've seen, well, I've seen quite a few uh, Jack Black films, but I think, like, this one's definitely my favorite of his. But then I think, like, it's... Well, it's definitely... Well, apart from Tenacious D, it's something definitely him and his element, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, like... It's not saying, like, he's a bad actor, because, like, Shallow Hell, he's great in Shallow Hell. Yeah. But you Uh, you can see he's having a hell of a fun time, you know? Like, like he's really enjoying it, and it's very much like his his element. And you know, yeah, you can totally tell he's yeah. This is actually what the second movie on your list to get a, a Broadway musical version of it. Hmm. School of Rock and the Lion King. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah, definitely a another favorite of mine that got a lot of play, and as did the soundtrack. <laughs> well, I, I just think it's kind of funny that like it's it's funny kind of way because people don't know the age difference between me and you. Melissa was born in uh, Melissa and I are what eight and a half years apart, born eight and a half years apart. Yeah. So by the time you're going into high school, I'm almost out of college, or I'm <laughs> out of college by the time um, you get to high school. So, uh, so this being a good a nostalgic movie, your childhood. I was twenty one when this movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> or twenty going on twenty one, maybe. So, <laughs> like, wait, like, yeah, I remember watching this as a kid. Wait a minute. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> Oh, 
fun times. Fun times. <laughs> yep. Age, you can't get away from it. <laughs> you certainly can't. <laughs> So what's your next move that's going to make me feel old? <laughs> uh, my next movie is The Incredibles. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely one I watch a lot with my brother and sister, so that's probably where a lot of my nostalgia comes from. It. Yeah, this was actually part of, like, um, a few, like, the kind of the last few movies that I actually saw um at our Cumberland uh, Cinema Center, where it was like a place where you could go and see a movie for like $2. And this was even like it sort of competed with like our big movie theater that we have now, uh, Silver, Famous Players Silver City. And I would always wait, um, you know, the extra like week or two for the movie to, you know, go over to the Cumberland Cinema because. It was so much cheaper and like school of rock and then this one was another one that i saw like for like two bucks on the weekend or whatever it was and uh i, I went with yeah I went with my mom and dad and and we all really enjoyed it um it's just a, a laugh all the way through and um i think one of my favorite uh, like you know favorite moments is when they're you know they're in the rv and they're <laughs> Flying with the or the yeah, flying with the thing and they crash into the the highway, or whatever. And they're like, let's do that again. <laughs> <laughs> but just there's so many you know good moments, and I I remember seeing previews for the film, and and I love that like what we saw in like a trailer for it wasn't what we saw like. You know, you didn't see that exact scene play out in the movie. And I really like that. But it just made it like, yeah, I definitely want to see this. You know, and he's, you know, Mr. Incredible is like uh, trying to, you know, put on his suit, whatever. And he's like, uh, you know, maybe just a salad and some rice cakes. <laughs> and his belt is just like, goes all around. And I was like, I need to see this movie. And I just absolutely loved it. And you know, all just great story and characters, and you know, family all having their own unique superpowers and everything, and um, yeah, just so much fun. Primarily excited to hear that Jason Lee was in this movie as uh, what's the villain's name? Uh, it's a C, doesn't it? Yeah. One of our twelve listeners is shouting it at their phone right now. They, they are. I. Oh my goodness. Um. Well, Crozone or. There was Frozone, which is his. Well, Frozone and Frozone Samuel L. Jackson. Where is my super suit? <laughs> I think I'm super sick. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. 
I am blanking so hard on that right now. Um, well, I remember, uh, I remember Jason Lee being, so he came into my radar when I was in high school with mall rats hmm. and then watching him and stealing Harvard with Tom Green. Yeah. Never was it. I never got much into Shallow Hal. Not in Shallow. I mean, my name is Earl. Where the fuck did Shallow Hal come from? I did love Shallow Hal, and I saw that. <laughs> um, uh, never getting big into My Name Is Earl. Like, I liked what I saw of it, but you know, this wasn't must see TV for me. But like, seeing him in all the Kevin Smith films, and then like hearing him, his voice. In it, it's like when I got excited that Trey Parker was in Despicable Me Three, but I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> this is something I have a lot of nostalgia for watching it with my brother and sister when they were like toddlers. Mm-hmm. It's like this and cars. Yeah. Apart apart from a steady diet of uh, Dora the Explorer and Bob the Builder. <laughs> Syndrome. Syndrome. Mm. Yes. Yep. No capes. No capes. <laughs> I never saw the sequel. It's. It's not. It's fine, but it's. It's not fine. Like it's just. It's not what the first one was. Um, you know, I, I saw it and yeah, it's all right. But I, the the first one is always going to be the the one that's I think always going to get the most love from me. Um, so, what I remember most about the sequel is uh, when the year it came out. So what twenty seventeen ish. Yeah. 2017, 2018, when it came out, um, I remember Michael Lyons on that year's Real Fans for a Movies film wrap-up. <laughs> Michael kept bringing it up as a pleasant surprise. <laughs> 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 Michael just trolling Andy and Andy and Jimmy and Guy, just kind of trolling them with it being his biggest surprise <laughs> of that year. I never, I never, I remember somebody picked it as like their biggest disappointment. And he goes, well, I thought it was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michael, we love you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have honestly lost kind of how many films we're on now. <laughs> We've got two more left. Okay. Out of, out of my list. What is your, what is your penultimate uh, film that shaped your childhood? <laughs> um, oh, actually, before I get to, to that one, keep it total suspense. Um, keeping on the, the subject of The Incredibles, <laughs> we actually, um, at a, a local store of ours, um, there was a, a manager that worked there that looked like Mr. Incredible. Like, he had the same body type and everything. He he looked like Mr. Incredible. And he actually knew that because the people that worked there actually like, told him, you look like Mr. Incredible. 
<laughs> so it was always fun to go to the, the store and just be like, oh, there's Mr. Incredible. <laughs> you sure it just wasn't Craig T. Nelson? Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> but anyway, that just, you know, um, just all of that. So yeah, it was quite funny. Um, so anyway, yeah, my second last film is uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Melissa, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? No. <laughs> Yep. Another film I was in college for when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a, a, of course, it was, you know, a part of my, you know, going through like all the, you know, the Harry Potters of reading the book and, and watching the films. And, um, you know, it was another one that, you know, m- mom and I, we went to see like all the, the Harry Potter films uh, together. And this was another one that we, we went to see. And, um it was you know i mean you know you've seen the movies now um just you know so good and i mean so much fun on the big screen um i i would honestly love to you know watch them again on the big screen because it's just such an experience and um i remember just absolutely you know loving it just as much as all the the others that i had seen of course and um so yeah, it was it was really good. And this one is my you know my favorite book and um, you know favorite movie of of the series. I mean I love all of them. I really don't have any nitpicks or complaints about any of them, but this one definitely was a uh, a favorite of mine. So yeah. Well, if you remember from our nine billion Harry Potter episodes, <clears throat> this is one I saw in college years ago. And didn't rewatch it again until last November. Mm. I do catch I do catch some flack because it's actually kind of my least favorite of the films, though, because it's so much of the book is left out of it. I feel. Yeah, and I mean it, it is definitely, but it's just if you think about it, like you know, it's such a big book too, so it kind of into account. And... Well, being a comic book fan, you know that. It's not going to be histor- uh, 100% accurate to the book. People bitch that they want to see a TV show or films that are 100% accurate. It will never happen. No. It will never happen. No, absolutely not. And that's why, you know, I don't... I mean, I, I've gotten better with, you know, not being so nitpicky over, you know, a book being, like, you know, a book turning into a movie and it being accurate to the I mean I want you know yeah you'd want kind of most of it but it doesn't have to be like every little detail and that's kind of how I feel with the the like Harry Potter series is that I've you know read the books I watched the movies I didn't have any issues with any of that like I really didn't I don't think I really cared. I just enjoyed seeing the characters I read in the book come to life and, you know, see them go on their adventures, do their thing. And that's what I really loved. Yeah. Yeah. So my really big thing with it is that they, they, they just really mishandled the whole um, Barty Crouch Jr. being uh, Mad-Eye Moody. I think they really fumbled that. Yeah. Um, 
Other than that, I think they did okay. Like they left out, was it? They left some character out um, entirely. The guy that gets uh, the money that owes Fred and George money. Uh, I, I can't. I know, but I can't remember. But that that that, that, that character is out completely. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Leo something? Something like that. Um. Yeah, but that that uh, there was like some differences. But yeah, the the, the thing that hung up for me was uh, David Tennant playing Barty Crouch Jr. like he was the Joker or something. And that had to be about the same time as the Dark Knight coming out too, wasn't it? So. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta play it crazy. <laughs> now this is this is before this is before the Dark Knight, but I don't know why it inspired him to play play Barty Crouch so crazy. So I don't remember. Maybe it's just how Jim Dale read the book on audiobook that Barty Crouch Jr. didn't come off as being crazy or insane to me. So to see him being played so crazy kind of took me off guard, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess. You know. and, well, you read the you read the book going. You read the book before you saw the film anyway, so you know it wasn't him. Yeah. But it's almost like they had to approach it like, well, we have to make it obvious for non-readers that this isn't this guy doesn't see appear to be who he isn't who he appears to be yeah absolutely i think it's 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 definitely playing into the general audience thing because it's you know if you included a little more details of the book or things like that you'd probably lose people because you wouldn't really understand like certain things clear enough Unless you, you know, you read the book and was like, oh yeah, you, you kind of remember these characters and things like that. So it's that, you know, doing just the, you know, the very basic sort of thing general audiences will understand and, and get into, right? So. Yeah. I, I, I heard a lot of people make fun of Harry's hair in number four. I'm like, <laughs> did you not see Ron's hair in number three? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I did laugh. I did like some of the awkward cuts this movie has. <laughs> um, like the awkward cut to like the them dancing at the the Yule Ball and all of a sudden it like, cuts to like a punk concert at the <laughs> Yeah. <Huh. laughs> yeah. That's a good choice. I, I every every listener figured Harry Potter was going to come up eventually, and and either this episode, well, they knew it was going to knew it was going to come up on my list. So, yeah, absolutely. Could you imagine if I picked a Harry Potter film as a kid? Imagine <laughs> like a Harry Potter film with more practical effects back in the eighties. Interesting. Yeah. Be cool. Any hooters? Uh, they got one more left. Yep, this is my last one. Um, it's actually another Jack Black film, and it's Nacho Libre. 
Nacho. <laughs> yeah, that's that was also that stretch of films that he was had a bunch of hits, and I think I've only seen this movie once, honestly. Like, again, like I I saw it uh, basically when it came out, and I saw it at the Cumberland Cinema uh, with my parents, and um, we had a fun time with it. And you know, again, we would we would quote it and everything, and. And, you know, I, I've watched it, you know, I haven't watched it for probably a good minute, but, um, but it's still one that, that got quite a few plays, um, out of me. Like I, I owned it too. And, um, and just, yeah, it's, it's such a fun, fun movie. I, only one scene from this film still sticks up in my mind almost what over 20 years almost 20 years later mm. uh between 15 20 years later now uh is when his partner throws that corn cob in that dude's eye yeah out <laughs> of nowhere <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I vaguely remember the scene too of him uh, like flexing his ass cheeks and shit in the white pants and everything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the one thing that always stuck with me was his partner throwing the corn cob in the dude's eye out of nowhere. Such an awkward cut too. Yeah. Because that's that cut to another scene like right after it. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. It's like, really... like they're just they're just standing there, squaring each other off. Also, he just throws this corn cob in this dude's eye, and it cuts to some. Something else, like what the fuck? What the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So random. Yeah. Funny though. But Scott, say something if it stuck with me all these years later after I'll sing it once. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my one of my roommates in college having one of the having the mask. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that, cause I think that came with the DVD. I think the mask came with the DVD. So. Yeah, I think so. Like if you got the, yeah. I know I I own the copy of the DVD, but I never got the like probably like it was a special one or whatever. This is back in the day when me and my roommates would be, go to Walmart at midnight on Tuesday and buy discs when they first came out. <laughs> yeah. So I remember buying a special edition of Borat and getting a Kazakhstan t-shirt with it. Yeah. I think they did the same thing too with role models where they had like a help was it was a group they joined in that movie, uh, Helping Hands. They had like a Helping Hands t-shirt with it. <laughs> things with dvds we didn't used to not anymore Hmm. all we get with our dvds now is a blu-ray copy and a digital copy yeah why do i need both why do i need a dvd and a blu-ray 
Right. Give me the Blu-ray. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. So you can watch it on the go in your car. Well, that's what the digital copy is for. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd say that remember what Nacho Libre, that's another film in that just that stretch of hits for Jack Black. Mm-hmm. Probably a movie he couldn't do now. Everybody get more PC. Yeah, no, he could not could not do it now, sadly. But just got him there under the window. Under the under the wire. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's. Yeah. I, I I just know it. I just remember it being. It's. I guess if you if you want to give like a warning to a Jack Black fan, it's 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 a different humor. It's not a laugh out loud humor like much like. Much like a lot of his other films, it's not a laugh out loud like School of Rock or Shallow Hell. It's more of a. <laughs> Well, Shell House got a little more heart to it, and this one's got some heart to it that I remember. But mm-hmm. it's more. This is like a post-Napoleon Dynamite world too, so it's more of that dry, wittier humor, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you you want, you know, something kind of a little different than you know your usual, then you, you know that that would be the one, and especially in like a Jack Black sort of series of films. Um, yeah, if, if you want a Jack Black film, it's like a dumb laugh out loud humor. You watch like your sh- you watch your your Tenacious D's. You watch your uh, Saving Silverman's. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, I remember Nacho Libre being a little more, more drier and wittier. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I definitely you know got into that because like that's kind of it's a little bit of my humor and the humor that I kind of get into is that dry dry wit so you know i definitely you know found it funny like it, it's it's not there are maybe there are a couple of laugh out loud but not really but it's you definitely you know you get there's the humor in there like you definitely give me a list of films i need to go back and rewatch now <laughs> i'll have to see if not really very streaming anywhere i don't know if it is but yeah I'm sure it is. There's 11 billion streaming services now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I think this is where we're going to cut it because otherwise we'll be going all night if we did my 10 as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this is this was a fun um, fun thing to do, and I, I, you know, it's kind of funny doing this list and. You know, I didn't think I I really watched that many movies, but you don't realize it until you make a list of them. And it's like, okay, I have seen quite a lot of movies and stuff. And you know, I kind of I, I I still very much live under a rock when it comes to films that you know I haven't seen or heard of or still have yet to see. But you know, at least I've you know I've seen a good chunk of them. But um, yeah, this was a. a Fun challenge, and I can't wait to hear what what yours are going to be. Well, I also think that's why we switched. Other than 
uh, five being a smaller time constraint, we switched to five a lot, so we have a lot smaller chance for crossover as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is a this is a great idea, Melissa, and, and now listeners have to stick around and wait another week for mine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the hook that pulls you in. Absolutely. <laughs> Thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone. And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys.